New Year. Happy 2023. Welcome back to It's Astrological. I'm your host, Lynette. I'm the founder of Cosmic Moves Astrology, and I am so happy to be in your ears today, whether you're listening to this in real time when it comes out in January or some other time. It is the perfect time to be together. Our time here in this cozy, cosmically chic corner of the internet is all about taking a look at astrology through the lens of self-care and using the magic of astrology to understand ourselves and the world around us and just have a little bit of context to what's going on. I'm super excited because this episode is the first of many with a new take on forecasts and astrology forecasts and the month ahead. For those of you who have been following me for a while, I have a newsletter called The Constellation. I am on a bit of a hiatus right now, but I usually send it out every Sunday and every Sunday it has some sort of astrological forecast. And I'm going to make a confession right now that that was always the hardest part of the newsletter. And oftentimes it's the part that made me not want to write the newsletter. And it's not because I don't think forecasts are important. Otherwise, I wouldn't be recording this podcast right now. But it's because I just personally don't really like doing horoscopes and There are also a million astrologers out there who do it way better than I do and who love it, including my dear friend, Dana from Self-Help Witch, who I am now doing this series of forecast podcasts with, and it's so much more fun and it makes it so much easier for me to talk about the energies and what's ahead. And we talk about in this episode, I'm going through a bit of an astrological renaissance myself. I have really kind of fallen off the habit of paying attention to any astrology. Um, And it's an interesting perspective because I'm getting back into it and I'm reconnecting to my passion for it. And that's what I hope to share with all of you, because whether you're experienced or not, this is kind of my way of dipping my toe back in. And I hope to be able to share that with you to make astrology more accessible and not confusing and not overwhelming. So Dana and I talk about New Year's and what it means and what it doesn't mean. (laughs) You will also learn that I am not a big fan of the Gregorian calendar New Year. Not because it's not important, because it's a collective energy of everyone being together on the same page, and it's so full of hope and optimism, and I love that part. Um, But there are astrological reasons why... I'm a fan of other personal New Year's. And we also talk about the major transits, which is what one would expect from a forecast episode. So we're talking retrogrades. We're talking planets changing signs. And overall, we just had a really good time. It's not too serious. It's not too technical. And I hope it's helpful to you as we embark on this month where we're all feeling the energy of just starting fresh and making a plan. And it's almost a little bit of that like Virgo back to school vibe where you're like, okay, I'm going to get my stuff together. I'm going to just put everything in order. And then we talk about why if you feel like that's not working for you, that's okay because that's what the planetary energies are encouraging you to do is to revise and to take another look and to come back and revisit everything at a later date. It's okay if you aren't hitting the January 1st goals within the first month of January. Don't worry about it. No stress. So off we go. Here we go. We're going to talk about January. Wishing you a super happy, fulfilling, productive, Um, goal-oriented, what other Capricorn words can I use? (laughs) Just wishing you a great January. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode. We're getting back into the flow of things. That's what Capricorn season is for, to get us back on the path. Get me back on the path. I'm going to speak from the eye here. And I'm just so grateful to be back with you all. So please enjoy this episode. 
if you find it helpful, if you find it amusing, if you think one of your friends would benefit from hearing what the energies of this month have in store, please share. Please DM me or Dana on Instagram. I am at cosmic.moves. She is at self-help witch. And we're just getting started here. So we would love to hear what you think, love to hear what you want to hear more of, love to hear what you want to hear less of. We're totally open to it all. So wishing you happy rest of Capricorn season, start of Aquarius season. And here we go. All right, everyone. I am Dana with Self-Help Witch. And I'm Lynette from Cosmic Moves Astrology. And we are here doing a little team effort to bring you the key energies astrologically for January of 2023. We thought it would be really fun to do a joint venture with this. Yeah, and I think I'm the one who proposed it because I don't like doing horoscopes. (laughs) (laughs) And my sweet Dana here put in so much work with her 2023 Astro Planner, which you can buy from her website, that I was like, hey... Can I hop on your gravy train and (laughs) just do a podcast with you so I don't have to do horoscopes in my newsletter? But I'm just super excited because I think that it's fun to talk to somebody who knows about astrology, but who you're also friends with, so you can talk about real life things that align with astrological energies. Yes. Yeah. You guys listening may not know, Lynette and I are astro pals. We talk... Like every two weeks. Mm-hmm. We but we text a lot up. in between. That's true. Like we're like actually <laughs> friends. So, yes. but we both obviously practice astrology too. So I think it's going to be useful for everybody, but also fun too. Should we dive into what's going on in January? Yes. Yeah. We got kind of a theme going. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. I think in general, When I look at a month ahead, the things that stick out to me are retrogrades or when planets are stationing direct and when planets are changing signs. I think those two areas are things that we collectively feel a shift in the energy. And then even more so, if you know where those are happening in your chart, that just gives you more information. But when you know when we're going to have these kind of bigger energetic shifts, it just allows you to understand why the world feels the way it does around those days. 100%. And I think it like when you're trying to get a feel for the month ahead, that's those are really good like anchor points because there's so much happening all the time. It's easy to get lost. And like unless you're looking at the transits with your actual birth chart, it's probably best to just focus on the ingresses, the lunar cycle, and then, as you said, you know, stationing, direct or retrograde, those those kinds of things. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've talked about this, not on this four minutes of this podcast, but I personally have been really struggling with keeping up with astrology. And, you know, as an astrologer, that has like been an identity crisis for me. So I'm with everyone who either is just learning or who also has kind of fallen off tracking what's going on in the stars and all of that stuff where it's like, okay, where can I kind of jump back in without it being a big deal or stressful or overwhelming or any of that stuff. And like you said, these are anger points. Like these are the big shifts that will impact everybody to differing degrees. And I can keep track of five days in a month. Like (laughs) I can work with that. (laughs) Right. Yeah, we've got, it's an interesting month, I think, because there's three planets stationing direct. Mm Mm-hmm. We can tell we're leaving retrograde season. That's what that tells me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not mad about it. It's a nice time, you know, at the beginning of January. And we're going to probably publish this right at the beginning of January. So if you already, like, set your New Year's resolutions, your intentions, you know, you might change your mind. (laughs) And that's okay. Like, 
it's okay to change your mind. It's kind of, we're still in flux here at the beginning of the month as things start to station direct. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's a big social, I won't call it a pressure, but like social event, collective idea that we have to start the new year on January 1st, which is really kind of arbitrary if you're talking about the Gregorian calendar and all of that stuff. I am a firm believer that my personal new year, which starts on my birthday, is more impactful for me, just from an astrological perspective and how I feel about it. But I think there is something to the fact that we move from Sagittarius season, which is, you know, up until about Christmas, but like that whole time when people are putting up Christmas lights and thinking about parties and the optimism of a new year starting and wrapping up the year. And then you move into Capricorn season, which is very much around setting goals and figuring out what mountain you want to climb and, you know, all of that stuff. But then we move into Aquarius season at the end of January, which I think allows you to get a bit of perspective, right? It it lifts you up to that 30,000 foot view and Aquarius is the observer of the Zodiac. So even if you do align with the January 1st goal setting and all that stuff, entering into Aquarius season is almost a second chance to be like, hold on, let me like take a step back. Did I set goals the way that I wanted to? Do I want to revise them? Like all of that stuff. And so it may kind of take a little bit of that pressure off. Totally. Yeah, I love that. And starting with your birthday as like your personal new year. And then I know you also treat the equinox like a lot of us in this space do like a new year as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, go ahead and set your intentions if you want on January 1st and then let it be okay if they change and let it be okay if new stuff comes up that makes you want to recalibrate as we move through Aquarius season and into the equinox. We have all the chances in the world. Like there is no, nobody is telling you, you have to make your goals on January 1st and keep them all year. Because I think we all know that those goals usually don't stick according to data or whoever decides (laughs) that. Um, According to data and every (laughs) New Year's resolution I've ever had in my life. (laughs) So give yourself grace. The cosmos are aligning with you becoming the best version of you all the way throughout the year. It's not a a one and done kind of thing. Love it. So what's on the docket? What are we tracking in January? Okay. So we have three planets stationing direct Mercury, Mars, and Uranus. Mercury and Mars are what we call personal planets because they impact us more in our personal charts when they station retrograde or direct. Then Uranus is an outer planet, which doesn't impact us as <laughs> directly while it's retrograde, but we may feel it more personally around the time that it stations or around that stations retrograde or direct. Is Mercury retrograde right now? Because I cannot get my words up. <laughs> <laughs> it will be when we publish, but... yes. <laughs> So we have that, and then we have the sun will be in Capricorn, and then it'll move into Aquarius at the end of January. And then Venus is just zipping along because she is moving into Aquarius and Pisces all within the month of January. Yeah. It's a lot of movement, a lot of shifting. I guess that's all I had to say about that. (laughs) Great. Moving on. a lot of shifting. The end. Yes. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Okay. Well, why don't we start with... Yeah, let's start with Mercury. Because I feel like everyone knows about Mercury slash worries about it being retrograde. (laughs) Yes. You will be in prime, like, Mercury retrograde freakout, I think, when this gets published. Yes. Don't listen to the hype, guys. I love Mercury retrogrades. And maybe that's I don't know. Maybe that's just a personal thing. I know that things can get bamboozled and weird, but they ultimately are really helpful. It's just like any other, I don't know, mishap or confusion. Those things need to come up so that you can figure something out. So don't be afraid of it. 
Just let it happen. It's going to happen, like regardless of if you're scared of it or not. But you might as well just be open to it and see what you can uncover that you wouldn't have noticed before, you know? Yeah, Rick Levine says this. But they're a chance for us to get things right. Any retrograde. Because a mm. retrograde is is crossing the same part of the sky and or your chart three times. So the first time it goes across it before it stations, it's giving you clues as to what's going to come up during that time so that you know what you're going to be working on. When it stations and starts to move backward, that's your time to be like, okay, what came up for me during this time that it was coming up to this spot? And what issues am I having? What challenges am I facing? What do I want to work on in my internal world? Because it's a time to turn inward and think about things, especially with Mercury. And then when it stations direct, it crosses that part of the sky for a third time before it clears its shadow, which is the time where, okay, planet's moving forward. It's picking up speed. So are you. You are figuring out what did you learn? What do you want to implement from the things that you planned or thought of during that time? So it's not scary. <laughs> right. It's only scary if you're afraid to do the work or like it's, it's bringing right. some shadow stuff up for you, which 100% understand. I also do not enjoy those things, but it's a real opportunity. So... I'll get off my soapbox now. That was great. I love it. And helpful, too, because it gives people some touch points. So here are the key dates for our Mercury retrograde that we're going to start the new year with. The pre-retrograde shadow begins December 12th, 2022. And then Mercury stations retrograde December 29th, 2022. It will station direct January 18th, 2023. And then it will clear its post-retrograde shadow on February 7th. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> that being said, though, I think it's important to call out. I have natal Mercury retrograde, as mm -hmm. do about one-third of everybody on the planet, because Mercury is usually retrograde about a third of the time. So yet another reason to not be afraid, because a third of the population was born when Mercury was retrograde, and we are all yeah. doing fine. So, yeah. you know. Just another consideration. It happened four times in 2022 because of December 29th. So. <laughs> wow, rude. <laughs> so what do you want to call out about this Mercury retrograde, Luna? Well, when Mercury stations direct, it will be in a really favorable conversation with the North Node. The North Node is a point in the sky that is associated with fate and destiny and the lessons that we're meant to learn in this lifetime. So when we're talking about Mercury being trine, that North Node, on the 18th, because Mercury will be stationing. He'll be moving pretty slowly. He'll be stopped. So that whole day is a really interesting vibe with your communication, your thoughts, your connections to find flow with either something that feels faded, F-A-T-E-D, where it's very much a day where like, if you get a download to do something, like follow it. Like if you get a ping, follow it, listen to your gut. And then the other thing when the nodes are involved is you will always have a choice because there's a North node and a South node. And we always have a choice to decide, are we going to stretch ourselves and go toward what we're meant to be learning? Or do we want to stay in our comfort zone and be cozy? Both of them are okay. One is not better than the other. But that day is a marker for everyone to Listen to your intuition and then be very intentional about the choices that you're making. A hundred percent. Especially with Mercury stationing direct. That's really emphasizing everything you just said. So it's a great time too to reflect back on those touch point dates we mentioned earlier and just kind of see what what insight you can weave together because that's probably gonna be coming up again and it's probably gonna be pretty obvious. January 18th. You have from the 18th to the 7th as that integration period. So that trying to the North Node is saying like, hey, the universe is speaking to you today. You have the free will to make choices. How are you going to implement everything that you learned from the 29th to the 18th before the 7th comes around? And like you fully have the universe's support. It's a real astrological like boost to that. 
Now, there is another key date within this Mercury retrograde that happens in every Mercury retrograde, and it's the Kazemi. So, I want to talk about that because, first of all, it's just like a key moment in the cycle, but also this one's kind of interesting because it happens just a day later, like even less than 24 hours after the full moon in Cancer. So, first of all, a Kazemi is the moment in the Mercury retrograde cycle where Mercury is in the heart of the sun. It's conjunct the sun, and what is happening is it's getting like a solar infusion. And if we think about the symbolism of the sun and Mercury, Mercury being your intellect, your communications, your analytical prowess, your sense of humor even. And analytical the sun prowess? Being... Wow. You like that? You that like just... that? Flowed right out. <laughs> I like words, uh, you know. Of course you do. Uh, that was just beautiful. I couldn't let that one just slip by. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so it's all those things. And then the sun being like our core ambitions, our spirit. So it's just really helping us become revitalized. It's a turning point in the cycle as a whole. And I think it's really interesting that it happens so close to that new, or I'm sorry, that full moon in Cancer. Because that's a really nice full moon. Anytime the moon's in Cancer, we're talking about comfort. We're talking about stability. We're talking about... Coziness. Thing, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we'll, either of us will publish the video of this, but I'm doing this weird hand gesture <laughs> of like... I'm thinking about like togetherness and like being with your people, even though that seems more like a Venus thing. When I think about the moon in Cancer, I do think about family and like your people, like being around your people, you know? Yep. So there's something culminating around this time due to the full moon, but also due to the Kazemi. There's something that's really coming to a head regarding the Cancer Capricorn axis and all of your mercurial things. So that's a day to pay attention to. That was January 6th is the full moon and January 7th is the Kazemi. I love that. So we've covered pretty much the whole month of January for Mercury. <laughs> That's good. And then we have, let's see. Do you want to talk about the next re the next station or? Yeah, let's talk okay. about Mars. Okay, I was avoiding it, but go ahead. <laughs> let's talk about Mars. <laughs> so Mars is stationing direct on January 12th. Mm -hmm. Man, that like middle of January is really popping. It really is. Yeah, yes. there's, there's a lot happening here. And you guys have probably heard all about Mars retrograde because it's been, it feels like it's been an eternity that Mars has been in Gemini since August, the end of August. I want to say the 22nd or 24th or something like that. It's been retrograde since the end of October and it's finally stationing direct on January 12th. But it doesn't clear its shadow until March 15th. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so we're still going to be in the in the mix of the... Well, we can talk about it. So this transit we've actually lived through, as opposed to the Mercury retrograde, because we're recording this ahead of time, obviously, but by, it, we've lived through most of it at this point. And I think both Linda and I have some things to say about <laughs> Mars retrograde. Well, and I think Mars retrograde happens every two years, two and a half years. Is that Sounds right? Sounds right. Ish. Sounds right. So... It's something that we don't live with three times a year like Mercury because Mars moves slower than Mercury. And I think the other part of it is that Mars is the planet of action. Mars is the god of war. Mars does not want to slow down. So <laughs> I think more than any other planet, when Mars moves backward, there's maybe more resistance in that energy to, to fight it, right? Because Mars is like, no, 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 no. I don't want to slow down keep my foot on the gas. And then there's just something like holding it back. And so I think for me, I was very optimistic about this because I have many retrograde planets. I like when things slow down. I like living in my inner world. And this particular Mars retrograde was crossing directly over my midheaven three times, like we talked about what a retrograde does. And Dana and I were talking like maybe a month ago and I was like, you know what? This is going to be so good for me. This is going to be so good for my business. I'm going to just like really think about what I want and like, you know, just take action on it slowly. And I had all these dreams of how great it was going to be. 
But you know what Mars did? Mars retrograde completely shut me down. <laughs> I have, like I said at the beginning, I have not been paying attention to astrology. I have just, I mean, I, I'm frozen. Like I have, just, everything has just grinded to a halt, which is fine. Like we have to, speaking of aligning with the energies, right? Like that's what's happening. I'm not going to fight against it. Like Mars might be when he's in retrograde. My mercurial mind might be like, no, you have to keep doing things. But when the universe invites me to pause and to reflect, I'm going to do it. And so there's a tension for me between the push and pull and the go and the type A and, you know, all of the things that we deal with in the 3D world. But it, it has not turned out as peacefully and inspirationally as I thought it was going to. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. I was also optimistic because I have natal Mars in Gemini. I have my moon and Jupiter in Gemini too. And I just thought this is going to be great for my long-term plans because Gemini is in my ninth house. I'm going to really figure some things out and like, go for it. I don't know why I thought that because again, <laughs> we're talking about a retrograde, but I just thought it was going to help me maybe clarify some things. Yes. Um, it, what happened? It, it, it was like, uh, I will say like overall it's been a very confusing time. And I think that I fought the rest that it was trying to facilitate. So I made the choice to participate in this like Black Friday sale extravaganza, and it was great. I'm glad I did it, but it was, like, pushing against the grain the whole time as far as my energy goes, and I ended up getting COVID. Now, I don't think I got COVID because I was working hard, but I was, like, pulling, you know, I was working all weekend and then going to work five days a week, and it was too much, and yeah. I think my body got run down. And I'm still, conge- like... I tested positive for COVID the week after Thanksgiving, and I'm still congested. It's December 23rd. Like, the good news is by March 15th, you should be fine. <laughs> I'll be able to breathe out of my nose by then. Oh, my God. I hope. Yeah, so I think that I I didn't consider what Mars Retrograde really wanted for me, which was really to just, like, lay off and rest and let things kind of unfold. So I think that might be my Mars retrograde lesson is like really allow yourself to clear your, your schedule. Like don't push because if you do, and I'm sure it didn't help that Mars is squaring my Pisces stellium in my sixth house of health. Like that has something to do with this. I'm sure. But if you push, it might not go well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and I think with the station on January 12th, that's the time for you to to kind of maybe counterintuitively apply the lessons that you've learned. And, you know, we still have that whole period until the 15th. So as your astrologer, I would recommend <laughs> focusing on rest after that time. Yes, I think I probably won't have a choice. For those of I you know. who don't know, I'm about <laughs> to have a baby at the beginning of February, so... <laughs> I will be resting, even if I don't want to. Forced rest. That's another lesson of not listening to Mars Retrograde. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. We'll we'll be glad when we get past that. And and really, too, that's another reason to not, like, push on your New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. Like, give yourself a week to ease into it. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I think New Year's resolutions are kind of silly, so take that yeah. with a grain of salt for everybody listening. If you are a New Year's resolution person, so proud of you. You are probably a Capricorn. <laughs> Lynette thinks your resolutions are stupid. That's I don't think your resolutions are stupid. <laughs> I just think that like we change so much in a year. And like to think that something you decide on day one of a 365-day period is going to reflect the person that you evolve into over the course of a whole year is like it doesn't give you any flexibility that's all I'm saying yes and then you set yourself up for feeling bad about yourself when it like you shouldn't you know my friend Allison did something really cool one year where she and you could adapt this to be like every zodiacal season instead of every month Mm -hmm. but each month she did something new like she had a 
a thing that she would try. And I, I loved that because it wasn't this thing where if you don't do it, you fail. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is something that's flexible and will benefit me no matter what. And it can be silly. It could be like, go, well, go to a park isn't silly, but it could be silly, right? Like some it could people be may never have been to a park or that specific Maybe. park. Right. Right. So, but I think that that would be a cool thing to do. Like if you really want to set an intention, yeah, make it flexible. Make it flexible. I would also say if you're like aligning with new things, maybe try to align it with your North Node and like energies around your North Node because that's all about going out of your comfort zone, trying new things. Yeah. If your North Node's in Taurus, you should go to the park. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yes. <laughs> what do you think? Should we talk about Uranus? Yes. Let us, let us wrap up with Uranus. <laughs> Okay, so Uranus stationed retrograde on August 24th. Does everybody remember the summer? I do. I miss it. It's so <laughs> cold. <laughs> it's The wind chill is like negative 30 today. Yeah, that was us yesterday. Oh. But the, we're releasing this in the future, so who knows what the temperature will be on the day this comes out. And it stations direct on January 15th. Again, that middle of January is really hopping. And then because Uranus moves so slowly, it doesn't clear its shadow until May 9th. So here's where I think it's important to talk about the difference between the inner planets or the personal planets and the outer planets. Because these inner planets, as you literally just heard with Mars, affect us more on a personal level, like in our charts. You heard Dana and I both talk about where it was and what it was crossing and all of that stuff. Really anything beyond Jupiter and Saturn, because those are often called transpersonal planets because they can kind of go either way. So Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and if you're into it, some of the asteroids or planetoids or whatever we're calling them these days. But we don't necessarily feel the impact of their retrogrades personally because they move so slowly. So they're retrograde for like half the year or like five months or four months, and it's just like a really long time. But what we do feel is because they are heftier in terms of the energetic weight is when they slow down and stop, whether they're stopping to move backwards or forwards. So around that date of January 15th, just pay attention to what's going on maybe five days before, five days after. I know it's particularly uncanny, like when Pluto stations, there's more like volcanoes and earthquakes and things like that. I'm not sure what the alignment is with Uranus, but I can imagine it has to do with electricity and surprises and just unexpected things. So, mm -hmm. and that would be on a collective level. If it's impacting you directly in a point in your chart that's talking to other planets, you can expect that too. But I think in general, when we're talking about these outer planets, it's more about the slowing down and stopping than it is the actual retrograde. I have January 22nd as when Uranus is stationing. Oh, I said the wrong day. You're right. That's okay. That's okay. So station retrograde August 24th, stations direct January 22nd, clears the shadow May 9th. Got it. And like you said, we're probably, unless it's aspecting something in your chart, you're probably really not going to notice it personally, but in the news... Or something like that, you might. Now, I'm going to be paying attention to this one because Uranus will be at 14 degrees 56 minutes and it will oppose my Pluto as oh. it stations. Pluto for me is at 14.59. So within oh. three minutes of my Pluto, it will be stationing direct. So I'll keep you all posted on that. We'll see what happens. Huh. That mm. is exciting. Is it? I mean, well, here's the thing. This is what I was going to say before I realized that that was happening. I was very worried about Uranus opposite my Pluto. Mm -hmm. I knew it was coming. And as we keep saying, it's three times, right? So this is the third and final time. And 
I really haven't noticed it that much at all. Like, I was worried I was going to be in financial ruin or, like, I was just, like, am I going to lose my all job? What's possibilities go through your head. <laughs> I am, I don't know about you, but I immediately go to the worst case, especially when Pluto's involved. I'm like, all right, like, bat, battle down the hatches. I don't know what that <laughs> phrase is, but. Batten, um, batten down? Batten. But that, okay, yeah, I've, batten is not a word I've ever used. <laughs> well, I think it's like a boat word, so it's like, hold on, I'm going to look. It's a boat word. Well, it's like when you watch Below Deck and you're like. Oh, see. The bow, yard line, to do, or whatever. Oh <laughs> you just like learn boat words. It is batten down the hatches to prepare for okay. trouble. Okay, welcome well, to your see. Google for the day. <laughs> Now we know batten down the hatches. That's what I felt like I had to do with this transit. And I, it's been more so about, so I'll just tell everybody like this is happening for me on my second and eighth house axis. And that's why I was worried about debt and money with this transit. But I will say like, I have taken on more debt, but I've also made more money. And it's been more so about the what's come up with Pluto around what I think about money and also like karmic obligations. Like what I because when I think about the eighth house, like, you know, taxes and like actual like physical debt is what comes to mind. But it is totally your karmic debt too, like who you feel indebted to. And I have really been working through that a lot. Like, what do I owe people and what do I not owe people? So it's been more about boundaries and things like that. So I just want to say for anybody else who's got like a personal planet or not a personal planet, but a, something in your birth chart that's aspecting Uranus here. Again, don't be afraid. It's it's all for you. Yeah, I I think... That's the danger of just knowing enough astrology to get yourself into trouble. And I'm not saying that's you because you obviously know a lot, but <laughs> like for people who are just learning in like anything that has to do with Pluto, especially like it's like, ah, terrifying. Right. And so I think what you said, it's, it's happening for you. Like Pluto is the planet of transformation and it's not always a bad thing. And I think we have to remember that we always have a choice with how we're going to work with these aspects. Astrology is the gift that helps us know that we're going to have these energies in play, right? So having a roadmap to be like, hey, you might be having some stuff going on <laughs> in your right. houses of money and debt, like probably helped you to, you know, I know we all go through the worst case scenarios and all of that stuff, but at least you were prepared to batten down the hatches, which you ultimately didn't need to do. Right. Right. And more so it was like, there were things like, for instance, my husband sleeps like shit. And as I've been pregnant, I've been snoring a lot and neither of us have been sleep sleeping mm -hmm. very well. Um, so we decided to buy a sleep number bed. Well, those things are very expensive. And so anyway, we financed it and I'm like, okay, Pluto Uranus, like I, it just... I still did it. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I didn't like change the way I lived my life because of it necessarily in that moment. I was yeah. just like, well, this makes sense. Like, yeah. and it was worth it to me. You know what I mean? Are you sleeping better? I, between the sleep number and the pregnancy pillow, I like go to a different dimension when I sleep. It's amazing. <laughs> Highly recommend. But you were, it was a surprise that you guys weren't sleeping well. That's true. That is true. And I think, you know, to, to your point about it being more on a collective level, these uh, outer planets, there have been some things with Uranus and Taurus that have been coming up with this retrograde. And the two that came to mind for me were like, and I don't know a ton about Bitcoin, but the value of Bit Bitcoin has plummeted and NFTs and things like this, right? Like there's been a huge change in the value of these things. And something else that came to mind that I'm definitely like more invested in because it affects me is the student loan forgiveness. Mm -hmm. uh, so in at the end of August, I want to say we got another extension. And I believe that was also around the time when they announced they were going to forgive 10 or 20K, depending on your situation. And of course, if you've been following this, you know that now it's in litigation. They're trying. It's going to the Supreme Court, it, and they're supposed to hear it in February. So I'm hopeful with Uranus being direct, you know, and perhaps that will 
be a freedom in the realm of money for a lot of people. Like that would be amazing. I selfishly really want that to happen. They could just keep extending it. That would be great. Honestly, like that's been the, for people who are in public service loan forgiveness that work for a government agency like me, it's been the best because all of these delayed payments have counted towards my 10 years. So like, yeah, just keep extending it. It's fine with me. But also like you can't forgive working class people 10 or 20 K and like, I don't know. It blows my mind, but I won't go there. So Uranus is making moves very slowly. (laughs) We'll see what happens with everyone's student loans and keep an eye out for the time around January 22nd. Yeah. Is there anything else in it? We were going to talk about the ingresses. Venus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to take it? Sure, yeah. I'll take it. Take uh, it. I'll take it. So we have Venus entering Aquarius on January 2nd. And then Venus will enter Pisces, which is the sign of her exaltation, on January 26th. So she's going to zip right through Aquarius. And from a dignity standpoint, Venus is neutral in Aquarius. It's Saturn's sign, and Saturn is in Aquarius right now and will be at that time. So, you know, it's an austere kind of maybe serious Venus. Like, I take my beauty seriously. It feels like a good moment for... I, we keep talking about New Year's resolutions, but like <laughs> if you've got some kind of like aesthetic resolution of any kind, not just like your physical appearance, but like your house, like if you want to set up any kind of foundation for like a wellness routine or a beauty routine, like it could be a great time for that as well as something for your relationships, right? Like getting serious in your relationships. They also think, again, going back to the theme of like, reviewing your new year's resolutions aquarius gives you that distance so like to your point about if you want to make a change in your home or your routine or anything like venus in aquarius is a really good time to to take your step back and see like what needs to be changed and look at it from like a impartial observer kind of perspective yes that's the beauty of saturn to me, you know, it's, um, maligned. Like everybody like is afraid of Saturn, kind of like Pluto, but there's some, you can be more objective Mm -hmm. in a Saturn world sign, I think. And just really quickly for anyone who doesn't understand, will you explain why you're talking about Saturn? Yes. When we're talking about Venus. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. So, so in different, depending on like your school of thought with astrology, we might differ on this and that's okay. Essentially every sign, every zodiacal sign is ruled by a planet. And in traditional astrology for Aquarius, that planet is Saturn. Saturn rules Capricorn and Aquarius. In modern astrology, you'll hear people say Uranus rules Aquarius. And again, my thought is astrology is divination. And what that means is like, the way you do it is going to work if you have a relationship with the planets. So Lynette might say Uranus rules Aquarius. I might say Saturn. We can both get to the same conclusion because we have, that's the relationship we have with the planets. So we're talking about Saturn or I'm talking about Saturn because we're in Aquarius, which is one of Saturn's home signs, the way I practice and Saturn's in Aquarius. So Venus is going to conjoin Saturn on January 22nd, actually, the same day that Uranus (laughs) stations What an interesting pair. (laughs) Yeah, so that'll be really... So maybe Uranus will tie in a little bit more. Like, I, I tend to fall back to traditional rulerships, but, like, if it's conjunct, or what was it to Uranus? If Uranus is in play, like, very closely, that has... That's going to be something. <laughs> yeah, it's... So it's a whole sign square. Oh, okay. But we'll... Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So, anyway, don't get too hung up on Saturn's... If that's confusing, don't worry about it. I think it's helpful to think about the planet that's ruling that sign because it gives you more of an idea of the flavor of that transit. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
Thank you for explaining that. Hey, anytime. Venus and Pisces. I'm. This is my natal Venus placement, so I love it. Love it. But also, it's the sign of Venus's exaltation, which means that Venus is, like, celebrated here. It's a place where Venus does really well. And if we think about why that is, Venus is all about harmony and relating, and Pisces being mutable water is very conducive to that. <laughs> it's easy to get along when we're in Pisces, and when Venus is in Pisces in particular. And I feel like exaltation is like, so there's domicile and then there's exaltation. And I feel like exaltation is like when you're the guest at a party that someone's hosting for you, like everyone's just really excited to see you. <laughs> so I think yes. that's the vibe, especially for Venus, right? Who loves to be fond over. <laughs> totally. That, that's, I think it's a chance for us all to fawn over ourselves and to fawn over other people and just like spread the good vibes. I love that. See yeah, someone walking in the parking lot who looks nice, compliment them on their outfit or whatever. Cat call them. Sure. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. <laughs> I wish I could do that whistle. Uh, my mom can. I can't. I can't either. But if you when can, the- you know, maybe you'll want to and be. <laughs> Venus is in Pisces. Yeah, get everyone's attention and then be like, you are all amazing. <laughs> You've got this. Keep up the good work. Yeah. <laughs> but that honestly is probably like the underlying energy of the whole transit of Venus being in Pisces. So yeah. live it up. Embrace it. How long is Venus in Pisces? Because is she... That's what I was just wondering. February 20th. Man, Dang, she is quick. flying. It's quick. And yeah, when Venus enters Aries, that's a very different energy. So we'll talk about that next month. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. Did we cover everything? Gosh, I think we did. We really like covered the whole month, I think. I know. And again, we did not cover everything because there are literally hundreds of transits every month. And that's not what we're doing here. Yeah, we're not about information overload, info dumping, like get in, get out with the key points. And and we did cover like a lot of information, actually. But I would say if you want like a spark notes kind of summary for the end, it's we've got three station directs with Mercury, Mars and Uranus. And then Venus is ingressing into both Aquarius and Pisces. So with each of those retrogrades and stationing directs, there's some stuff to review and some key dates. And we kind of talked about the sun moving into Aquarius. That is on January 20th. So that'll be the beginning of Aquarius season. Again, that's just that energetic shift from achievement-centered Capricorn to maybe a little more detached, checking things out, trying new things in a new way, unique, Aquarius. We love it. Lynette's an Aquarius. I am. I am an Aquarius. Yes. I'm very excited. Oh, well, I don't really care about Mercury retrogrades as much, but it is clearing its shadow on February 7th, on my birthday. Yes, everyone wish Lynette a happy birthday on February 7th. But this is the January forecast. (laughs) I know, but like it's coming. So everybody mark your calendar for February 7th. You can find Lynette at Cosmic Moves on Instagram. There's a dot in there. I tried really hard to get Cosmic Moves, but. (laughs) Okay. At at Cosmic.Moves and then CosmicMoves.com. Yes. Find Dana at. Self-help witch, no dots on no Instagram. No dots, straight up. <laughs> and also selfhelpwitch.com. Yes, yes. This was fun. It was fun. I, I think we'll do it again for February. Yay! Okay, good. Well, everyone, have a great January. Don't stress about your New Year's resolutions. Unless you're a Capricorn, because you're going to do it anyway. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm stereotyping. But yeah, enjoy the month. Yep, we'll see you next month. Bye. Bye. Wasn't that so fun? Dana and I had so much fun recording it. I hope you had so much fun listening to it. Astrology does not have to be 
too much. For me, sometimes it gets to the point where there's so many transits and there's so much going on that this was a really good way for me to kind of re-enter, keeping an eye on things because it was like, okay, what are the big energies that are shifting? And we all know that the retrogrades are very popular and we all enjoy talking about them, but it's a really helpful context for us to just understand is the energy moving forward or is the energy moving backward? And to just have these two major categories to pay attention to, to, to really see what is the collective energy feeling and then how does that make me feel is such a nice way to just observe and to just be with astrology and not have to think about it too much. So it's fun. It's easy. It's not overwhelming. And I hope that you will follow along with my journey of rediscovering astrology and kind of looking at it with beginner's eyes, if you will, in terms of how to integrate it into your life. I've been sharing a little bit about what I'm doing on Instagram I will be sharing it in my newsletter and you can sign up for both of those. Well, hopefully you already signed up for Instagram (laughs) or not. You've made that decision in your life, but my Instagram is cosmic.moves and you can sign up for my newsletter at cosmicmoves.com and please follow Dana. She is a gem of a human being and she shares a lot more (laughs) helpful astrology information than I do on social media. She is at self-help, which And we can all learn so much from her. I love her content. She's very entertaining and very educational. She's also a teacher. So that is why I learned so much from her because her style just really is relatable. We cannot wait to keep producing these forecasts every month. I'm super excited. Let us know what's working for you. Let us know what's not. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful to you. I'm so excited to be stepping into this new 2023 year with all of you and wherever you are, here's wishing you a stellar day and see you next time.